So the big question is this. How are successful everyday athletes over 30 like us who work hard, who don't have much time and who are always having to juggle life and family? How are we able to live a pain-free athletic lifestyle? How do we train? What do we eat? And what do we do different that allows us to get the most out of life but still have time for all our hobbies, family and friends? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. Welcome to the Fit Over 30 podcast. Welcome to the Fit Over 30 podcast, the podcast for people over 30 who want to lose weight, get stronger and live better. I'm your host, Josh Kennedy. And with me as always from sunny Wales, I'm assuming, is uh, James Breeze. James, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. That was It was that extra bit of sip of tea that had you gave you the confidence and the enthusiasm mm. to do that then. Was that, was that the case? It was. Well, it's it's like, um, <laughs> you know, like in uh, Joey from Friends when it's like smell the fart acting. That was my that was my just <laughs> delay just to remind myself just to quickly remember what the intro is. <laughs> for those that was my sip, sip the tea acting. Thanks, sip the tea. For, for those who don't know the farting from Friends, Joey from thing, can you explain that to them as well? Oh God, come on! Every, every, that doesn't need explaining. Smell the fart acting. Surely everyone knows that. I'm not going to explain that. Anyway, yeah, by the way, I, yeah, I'm in a great mood. I can't believe you said I was maybe in a bad mood. The sun is shining. The weather the past week and a bit has been. Well, apart from last, was it Monday? We could go yesterday and we was piddling it down. It's been great. I've had a lovely week off. Just come back from holiday. A holiday in the staycation, UK, <laughs> which involved decking and uh, dad stuff. And Farmer Ted. And oh, Farmer Chester Ted's Zoo. and Chester Zoo, yeah. And Henry having the ultimate meltdown yesterday at Chester Zoo, which is great. Brilliant. Yeah. It's been good. It's, been, it's actually been very pleasant without you, actually, Josh. It's been very quiet. Oh, th- thanks, man. No, thanks. I'll, it's, I've, I've missed your pretty face every day on, on our Zoom calls and, and Skype chats. Oh, God. Uh, can I just do, before we um, do the podcast, can I just shout out to uh, Michelle Grocock, who, let me open her message, who has got uh, won her first ever cycling race on Zwift, which is brilliant, and lifetime best on a five-minute and 20-minute power test, uh, FTP, if people know cycling. She got her best ever FTP scores. That's Testament awesome. to all her hard work and training. So well, well done, done Michelle. Michelle. That's fantastic. It's amazing what happens when people train consistently and do consistently things. and uh, do as they're told and stuff. And uh, talking about doing as they're told and training consistently, let's talk about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> someone who will a friend of yours who will now refer to as Dave. Give us the background. We're, t- this, we're talking about running and ultras now today. Yeah, That's is, what it's all about. Today, today's podcast is all going to be all about ultra running and how to run your first ultra. And this is very topical because this comes off the back of a conversation I had last night with a man that shall now be forever known as Dave because Dave, when he's listening, will knows he's <laughs> all the time. And, uh, you know, Dave will know we're referring directly to him in this direct conversation I had last night at the cricket club. So as ever, I'm playing cricket all weekend, and I played a little a game last night, and there was a conversation about um, running, and Dave has done a fantastic effort of losing a considerable amount of weight over lockdown. He ended up started working from home, he wasn't eating out as much during lunches anymore, he was cooking from home, and he just got into walking, and then walking led into a bit of running, and he managed to run his first 10k I think in January, February this year, which is amazing. Like he's lost us so much weight. Like I, I think he's in the region of thirty pounds. Well, um, well done, Dave. That's uh, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. That, honestly, it's fantastic. But <laughs> let's see where it gets. Funny. This is where it goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. He goes, mate. I'm I'm loving this running thing. So like, so I've just signed 
well, I haven't just signed up. I've signed up for an ultra. I went, what? <laughs> oh, called, come again? He goes, yeah, I've just signed up for the Snowden Ultra in September. I go, mate, which distance? Because there's like a 50K. There's 100 and 160K. 165K. Like, or 31 miles, 62 miles of like steep, badass terrain over the Snowdonia Hills. And I was like, you've only just run 10K and you've just signed up for it. He goes, yeah, I can't wait to get involved and do it. And I went, my words were the care of my mouth were, you bell end. <laughs> we applaud your enthusiasm, but you bell end. Exactly. But I say that, I say that in the nicest possible way because I know Dave. I've known him a long, long time, right? And I'm able to say those words to him. I can say it can be a bit more honest with him. I go, mate, you, you've, you haven't walked 50K. Uh, you've only just started to run 10K. You've only just run 10K. <laughs> and he signed up to an event on the 11th of September that has a 14 hour limit. Now you think, you know, 31 miles in 14 hours is a lot. Well, not really when you see, you see this, it's climbing up Mount Snowden. It's the terrain, isn't it? Because it's, it's terrain. Th- th- 31 miles in 14 hours, doable, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you could possibly walk that, maybe, yeah. but it's the terrain, isn't it? Yep, yeah, 100%. Like it's, it is such a steep, uh, Snowdon is my neck of the woods going up. And it's, it's some serious climbs, some serious trails up and down. Like there won't be much walking, you know, running going uphill in any sense because it's it scrambles. It's more scrambles yeah. than anything else. But anyway, so this podcast is dedicated to Dave, and like he signed up for the event and he's going to go for the event. But in hindsight, if if Captain Hindsight was around, this is maybe the the one for you guys to how to run your first ultra and finish it strong. I think that's that's the title of the podcast today. How does that sound, Josh? That's That sounds great. That sounds great. Because we're not saying don't do an ultra, by the way. We're no. just, you know, let's just approach it in the, in the right way. Because what did I say before we came on? It's like climbing Ben Nevis yesterday and then deciding you're going to go up Everest tomorrow. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Without oxygen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you might need to plan ahead and perhaps train for it, maybe, exactly. in a, in a and- sensible sensible way so as much as i take um, we're taking the mickey out of dave now like this isn't the this isn't the first thing time something like this has happened you know we see people do it with ironmans all the time we see people do it with other running events or other like yep. you know they or they've never done a spartan race they go for the beast or the ultra beast or whatever it is first up because they want to do that yep. so it's 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 so every everyday athlete over 30 out there who's got the fitness bug They've just discovered fitness. They've rediscovered fitness. They're feeling great about themselves, and they want to sign up for these major events. We all get overexcited, don't we? Always. I'm I'm the worst most of the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to go all in all the time. But it's 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 maybe how to think about it. We take a step back and think about it differently to help you enjoy that race more. Because what I want you to and have not is, get injured. Yeah, not get injured. And then just finish strong with an enjoyment factor so high that makes you want to sign up and do it again. Yeah. I think that's the most important way to think about it. So that's that's the topic of today's podcast. And we're going to go over some checklists and things to think about first and foremost. You made a good point, Well, I, I, which I wasn't even thinking about. I was thinking about the training aspects. But like, we went back to the are you ready to run type principles. Yeah, exactly. you got to start there first. Exactly. So like... Which are what? Run us down them quickly. So the first thing is, and I think the simplest way to look at it is now, is that is your weight at a good, healthy level to allow you to run in the first place, particularly with events like this, because it's so much impact on the joints. We've got to think about this. And we're not talking in terms of weight. We always like to use the waist to height ratio. 
is you waste half your height. This is essentially, so you take, you take your waist measurement, divide it by half your, height in, half your height in inches or centimeters, depending on what you do, and is it below 0.5? Because not only is that race gonna be a long old haul for the joints, the training building up to it too is gonna to take a lot of effort too. So we wanna make sure you're fit, healthy, strong enough to get into it, to be ready and prepared for the race. It's nothing, we're not trying to be the fun police, we're just looking after your long-term health because, we, again, if we want you to enjoy the race and go back and maybe do it again or maybe sign up to the 100 or 165 after that when you got some experience. That's the first thing. Uh, what else do we have this checklist? Well, let's br- briefly through the checklist, as you say, the most important things for us are waist-height ratio. Is it 0.5 or under? We look at ankle uh, mobility, ankle dorsiflexion. You know, if it's only like two inches or so, you're going to be in trouble. Ideally, you want four, four and a half inches. Deep squat, sit, we look at as well. Two minutes minimum, ideally. Absolute minimum, yep. Ideally, five minutes. Uh, ideally, yeah. If you want to be Kelly Star at standards, 10 minutes. Yep, exactly. Eyes closed, single leg balance. Ideally, 30 seconds minimum. Basically, can you stand on one leg, basically, with your eyes with closed? With your eyes closed. 30 yeah. seconds. Those are the basic clearance tests, right? Yeah, basic clearance tests, and like, don't please the the, the balance test oh, is hard. Oh gosh, sorry, and uh, sorry, and how much do you, how many steps do you walk at the moment? Yeah, a day. Well, we'll get to that in a second now on the training. We'll yeah, get to that in a second on the training. But like, that's the key thing. It's like it's, it's so it's like those are simple things and basic things. So basic mobility, the deep squat. We're looking at ankles, hips, T spine, everything working conjunction in one. And is it comfortable? Just it's it's not the not the best screening tool, but it's a very quick and easy one. We can see that it works. Uh, the balance is more for your proprioceptive on the foot. So, as a personal experience on the mountains and trail running, the more proprioceptive feedback you have on the foot, the faster, the more nimble and agile and less injury prone you're going to be. I am like a mountain goat running down the mountains in Wales. I, you, I are, run... you are now, but you probably weren't. No, not back in the day. But it, it, it stems from growing up as well as a kid, growing up used to it. So there's a lot of lack of fear, but also I run on trails in Vivo Barefoot, so very minimalist shoes, taken years, by the way, to get to. Just hate to add that point. But I can't wear normal running shoes on the trails because I find I can't feel the terrain, the rocks, everything underground because I haven't got the same control underfoot. And that's what we're trying to get to, is like having that feeling underfoot because if you're running fast downhill, your ankles suddenly will go... <laughs> And we want the full proprioceptive feedback under that foot to make sure we're not going to roll your ankles and you're as safe as possible. And it allows you to be faster as well. That's the key thing there. So good little warnings and health checks here. So that's the first thing on basic health screening and movement, as simple as we can possibly make it for the sakes of this podcast. There are other things we'd like to see, but that's a good starting point. Now, let's go in Dave's terms. Dave had run 10K, has run 10K once or maybe twice, I think, in his career. Yeah, his life. This earlier this year. <laughs> earlier this year, he's never run. He was never the most athletic person, which is we always admit to that. So he's walked a little bit, and he's decided to run, doing the couch to five k, which was his major plan. So, personally speaking, I would say Dave hasn't done enough volume, hasn't got enough experience to do something as long as this, because for health and longevity. With talking about his joints, his enjoyment factor, and just finishing the race strong. Not saying he can't do it. I'm sure he'll get around it, but I just want to make sure he doesn't get around it broken. But the first thing when it comes to running in general is you need to aim for under the amount you're doing and 
build it up gradually using the volume technique to prepare your joints and everything for the stresses of running. That's the most important thing. Most people, when they sign up for a couch to 5K, they want to run 5K, but they haven't walked 1K in their life, let alone walked 5K. And you've got to think about this. So we, we need people walking long distances first while running shorter distances. So I think if you think of this in terms of, well, let's go for a 5K walk two or three times a week, low volume, high you know, volume there, low stress. And maybe we're going to run like a walk run of one to two kilometers every few days. So we're like offsetting the two, if that makes sense. So like we're walking lots and we're slowly introducing running as a baseline, but walk running. So it's low impact and we build that up over time. So suddenly, you know, you're walking 5Ks, you're walking, walk running one to two Ks, but what walk running becomes one to 10K. So you're slowly building up the volume over time. So you're a mixture of the two. And the general golden rule is no more than 10% increase in distance per week, right? 100%. That's, that's, that's the main, yeah, very simple way, easy to follow. The rules are meant to be broken, but there's, that's the very best and easiest way for a beginner to think about it. And also weigh the loads like you would do in strength training. So like start off with 1K, 2K, 3K, drop back down to 2K, then 3K, 4K, 3K, 4 you know, up that width, like lather it up. Periodization in that sense. So you got to think about this because it's all about joint preservation, healthy ligaments and tendons, and slowly building up your work capacity and not running too hard because running the trails, it's not about how good your anaerobic threshold is. Well, kind of is a little bit, sorry. It's not about how hard you can push your hit sessions. It's aerobic base. It's how long can you keep going and replenishing your anaerobic system to keep on going from 50K up and down steep terrain. So this, that's the starting point. So if you're thinking about it, the starting point is start off much lower than you think. So if you've never run a 5K before, you're looking at 1 to 2K, adding these things in, building up to 5K. If you've never run a 10K before, you do the same principles, 4, 5, 6K, build it up to 10K. You know, if you've never done a half marathon, you're going to build it up to a half marathon. Dave, maybe we should talk about half marathon first. Then. Exactly. <laughs> right? So, come on, Dave. Think about this now. So, like, we're going, you've done 10K. Well, next step is maybe, third, you know, 13.1 miles, like 20, 20 odd K. And then from a half marathon, we go to a marathon. And then we can maybe discuss about going up slowly. So, you have also experiences of these events as you're going along as well. Like, this is a race you've entered. You've never entered a race before. So you've got to think it's that. funny, isn't it? Because like a race, adrenaline will probably get the better of him. And I can almost guarantee he'll go out too hard. Yep. I can see it happening. Yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. He won't, and it's, it's, he won't you know, be able to pace it. Is, whether it's triathlon or whatever at all. Like you, a lot of people, a lot of middle-aged you know, men particularly, get their midlife crisis. They buy their bike. They start biking. Then suddenly they're into an Ironman. Right? And yeah. You know, they're, they're doing Ironman stuff. They've, they haven't swum a mile, let alone 3.8 kilometers or like run the marathon or cycle 80K or whatever it is. You know, like it's it's take being sensible about the approach and thinking long hauls. Like, again, I, I said the same thing with triathlon, but guys do triathlon. Start off with a sprint, then a, a super sprint, then a sprint, then the Olympic, then a half, then a full. Build it up so you have race experience in each of them as well. So it is about experience when it comes to competing. So it's... That's the key thing is like start off slow, build up volume over time and get to your race distance. Now, if you want to talk to the real geeks about one of the specifics about the training side of things, 
If it's your first one, if you're brand new to it, I would not do any anaerobic work with just hard training. I would literally stick to aerobic threshold work, which means either, either using your math heart rate, which is 180 minus your age, or using zone one, zone two training for heart rate monitors. If you've got the polar yep. or the gold. Or if you don't have that, nasal breathing. Nasal breathing, breathing through your nose. Yep. So those are the sort of things. The talk test, can you still talk when you're running? Yeah. When you're walking, yeah, you've got to keep it super easy because you're building up your volume for the first time, which is making you fitter. We're not trying to make you faster. There's a, that's a big difference. You know, that's when the the funny, the funky, cool elite shit that comes in to play. But as yep. a beginner over 30, you want to build slowly, build for volume, and get you fitter so you can, can recover faster. Yes. So at the end of the race, you can do it again, potentially. By the way, doing kettlebell swings will not suffice. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say it. Or lifting barbells faster. Or lift, yeah, lifting weights fast. That was not going to work, guys. No, not at all. So that's that's the first point. The first point to think about is that is that are you have you started running the races? Have you considered it? Have you built up slowly over time? Have you trained for each of the distances in between to allow you the experience and give each body a chance to be okay? I think it's yeah. a good way to think it. Absolutely. Now, on the flip side of that. If again for those people who are a bit more advanced. Now there's a lot of ways there's there's many ways to skin a cat. When it comes to ultras or marathon runs or even 10Ks and 5Ks sometimes, my philosophy is building volume over a number of days back to back when it comes to competition. Mm. So if you're 12 weeks out, what I like to do is doing running on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, equaling or exceeding the amount, total amount of kilometers or miles you have to do for the race day. But it's done over a few days. Because a lot of people will just go, I need to run for an hour here, run for an hour there. Well, no, if it's a 50K, you're looking up to 14 hours. That's the race limit. That's a long old time. Long old time. So you gotta, we, we like to stack them back to back, like stack three days back to back, then rest, do some strength training, then come back to this, this stacking approach. So again, let's take Dave's, Dave's 50K right now, right? Mm. He's never run it before. So slowly over time, we want to build up to that 50k volume mark over three days now in dave's case i'd go maybe 1k on the friday 2k on the saturday <laughs> and 3k on the sunday you know and slowly build up from there but unfortunately realistic- dave doesn't have the time for that <laughs> exactly dave hasn't got the time for that but if you're looking at more realistically 12 weeks out from a 50k event you're looking maybe 5k on a friday 10k on a saturday 15k on a sunday that's 30k Right. And then you're going to add maybe, you know, maybe it'll become 6K Friday, 12K Saturday, 18K Sunday. You know, it's, it's slowly building up. And then it's, so you get to the point where it's 10, 20, 30, you know, that's 60K over the course of those three days back to back where you're training the volume base. So you're exceeding the volume, but it's over three days and your body's getting almost, almost race prepared. I'm not getting you to run 50K in one day, you know, not quite yet. Actually, in an ideal world, if you're going to do something like that, would you say you should actually do the race distance? Yeah. Why? Like, I, I, if you don't know what it's like running to 50K, if you're going to, in an ideal world and you want to compete at the podium, if you don't know what running at 50K is, you've got no chance. Yeah, if you want to compete, but we're not talking about competing here. We're just talking about average Dave's. So there's different levels. Where where's you at? Are you are you beginner running your first race? 
Are you more intermediate, want to get your PB, PB or you want to be podium ready? Those are kind of the three the beginner, intermediate, advanced kind of levels when you're going into these races. Most people, if they haven't got time because of work and stuff, you know, the 10K, 20K, 30K on a Sunday is a good way to look at it. But if you, you want to be podium ready, you're looking to run maybe 10K, 20K, 50K on a Sunday, right? Or it doesn't even have to be running. It could be high hills with weighted rucksacks or weighted work to get your legs and muscular endurance stuff. Yeah, ruck work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's all about muscular endurance. You're not just working the aerobic threshold. It's about getting muscular endurance into those legs and going above and beyond the race threshold because 50K needs to feel easy on race day. A little bit like that. But again, I wouldn't go anaerobically in the sense of like super all that hard effort. It's going to be low volume, build up the intensity throughout and you're winning over the long haul as an everyday athlete over 30 who's never done it before. I think it's a good way to look at it. So as simple as that kind of means, it is quite complex when you break it down to the nitty gritty, but it's the stacking of day-to-day work to help you prepare your body for race day because one hour, three times a week with two days in between ain't going to cut it, Dave. To be honest, that's uh, Dave. Uh, I reckon that most that's an approach most people have thought about. They're doing the back to back, the three days and stacking, building up the volume. Actually, so um, hopefully that's of interest. But also, that's the that's the aerobic base building side. And also, in an ideal world, you'd also be doing some strength training alongside, because obviously you need good core strength, good lower body, single leg strength. Because obviously you're on running is single leg. Yep, exactly. I mean. Uh, oh god! Now we're getting to a whole year-long training plan. Well, exactly. We, we can talk about that on another podcast, but I'm just saying, you know, you also really need to do, be doing some strength training alongside. And in fact, going back to Michelle, who I mentioned at the start, that's what I've been doing with her. You know, she does uh, ultras and, and stuff like that, and trail races and all sorts of things. And I haven't, I haven't touched the running side with her. She has her own running coach in Australia. I've been working on the basics core strength balance this is how where we started single leg work and look where she is now she took god what was it a few months ago she took 30 minutes off her personal best on a trail race 30 minutes it's awesome isn't it that's mental and now she's just done her best ever ftp test won a zwift race and it's down to yeah it's obviously she's putting the mileage in outside of what she does with me but she's doing strength training with me and it all adds up it's awesome and again if you it's a good way to to think about it now is that if we put it into perspective, what, what does it look like over a week? So I'm talking the last 12 weeks, like leading into competition, leading into your race. So I'd have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we have volume based days. I'd also try and include some mobility, some small amounts of mobility those days to help offset the volume. Uh, Monday would be 100% mobility, yoga day, joint mobility, take care of yourself, rehab, relax type, type of day. I'd do strength work Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, strength work with a Wednesday more mobility and maybe even a light run to get the legs moving ready for the week as well. So that just gives you an idea of how I maybe think it out in my head as an overall plan to think about it. So we still want to do strength work. It's not going to be super heavy because this you're in season training now, peak, ready to peak. It's about getting the legs moving and prepared and strong enough and you're used to that sort of stuff. Muscular endurance, baby. That's what it is, particularly doing an ultra over the big mountains of Wales. Exactly, exactly. Well, 
good luck, Dave. I really hope you you, you get through it and uh, yeah, and, and enjoy it. Obviously, uh, awesome. Dave, I can't wait to see you. Um, my... <laughs> are you going to be? Are you going to go to the finish line just so you can see him, James? I hope so. I'd like to come with bell. I'd like to come with bell end of the finish line as well. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, in the same terms here, it's a term of endearment. Like it's you know, people people just know this with us now. If we if we if we insult them on 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 air anywhere in life in general, it's a term of endearment. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I think that's about wraps it up for today. Thanks Actually. very much, James. Always, Josh. Any time. If you guys have any, any questions at all, every time you always message us in the group. We're always happy to answer them. Message yep. on Instagram. We'll always do some messages there. And uh, yeah, if you want any more personalised help, you know where we're at. Strengthmas.com. There we go. Fantastic. Uh, Thank you, James. And thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Want more fitness secrets? Want to see the very best that Strength Matters has to offer? If so, then go start your free seven-day coaching experience at strengthmatters.com today. Our expert coaches will take you through the assessment process and help you put a workable plan into action. Together, we will finally uncover what's holding you back and put you on the path to success. Start your free seven-day coaching experience today. Visit www.strengthmatters.com to get started.